Well, I surely hope and trust it is well with your soul this morning. We're, we're going to talk about peace with God today. Um, this last week we have looked uh, several times and in different ways at the story in Luke chapter 2, especially the, the angel song. Suddenly there was with the angel a host multitude of the heavenly host uh, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men so what is this message of peace that the angels sang years earlier God had communicated through Isaiah in Isaiah 48:22, there is no peace says the Lord unto the wicked no peace so between the time of, of Isaiah's uh, statement given by God there is no peace says the Lord to the wicked until we get to Luke chapter 2 and God's exclamation through his angels peace on earth what happened why could there now be a, a peace on earth well, we're going to do uh, Romans 5, 1 and 2 today. And don't look at your version or perversion. Look at uh, this. And we're, we're going to try to rem remember this verse together as a congregation. It, it neatly divides up uh, 16 words, the first word being therefore, and then five words for this section five words for this section and then five words for this section so you can handle five words right I'll do the first one therefore the part you are to remember is having been justified by faith five words in, in each case each section has five words and I want you to emphasize the, the middle word the third word having been justified by faith Okay, I'm going to come back to you. We have peace with God. Ready? We have peace with God. Five words for you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, try to do it all together here. One, two, three. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You almost got it one more time. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now you're the first section. First, second, third. Were you listening to them? Okay. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Very good. Okay. A great verse to hide in your heart. Remember, it's a, a blessed theological truth and one that will um, hopefully come to mind many times in your life to give you reassurance and blessing and we're going to talk about what that means a little bit today peace with God is uh, first of all through justification by faith 
God sets the terms of this peace treaty. Since uh, there is no peace, says the Lord, to the wicked, the, the wicked has no way of arranging peace with God. God himself makes the peace and sets the terms of the peace. Therefore, having been justified by faith, sums up the, the message of Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. And when we get to chapter 5, it's, it's saying in view of what those four chapters have contained, now we have peace with God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, especially note uh, backwards to chapter 4, verse 23 and following, Uh, speaking of Abraham it says now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him but for, for us also it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus Christ our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God so, uh, God sets the terms of peace, and having been justified is a, uh, a past passive participle, and each part of that has, has some meaning for us. It's a past tense, and you will have noticed from um, Romans 1 through 4, it's been um, talking about our, our sin problem. But, and our current sin problem. But from this point on in the book of Romans, that's put into the past. It's like when a, when a person first comes to Christ, their past is put into the past, right? And from now on, Paul speaks in terms like this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, it's, it's a done deal, and now we're living a Christian life. And so everything is directed towards what the Christian life looks like. Having been justified, the passive reminds us that this is the work of God. This is accomplished by God through Christ and not based on anything that we have done. And having been justified, the participle reminds us that it's, it's an ongoing thing in our life. It's a, it's a state of being that became true at some point in our past having been justified and we are still in that, that state so having been justified by faith we have peace with God God sets the terms of this peace treaty God can only be at peace with those who are justified God cannot accept anything unholy into his presence, any, any sin into his heaven. So he can be at peace only with people who are justified. And look at chapter 5, verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So he causes us to be justified by his blood so that we could have peace with him verse 10 for if when we were enemies that's, that's not somebody who's at peace right 
They're enemies. Even when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So he sets the terms of the peace treaty. Only people who are justified can be at peace with him. How are they going to be justified? God will do it. He himself is, is the just and the justifier. So peace with God is through justification by faith. Secondly, how can we be justified? And it's stated uh, uh, several different ways for us, depending on what part of justification you're talking about. If we go back to chapter 3, verse 24, we read, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So being justified by grace... That is the eternal source of our justification. It's like a, a, a huge uh, ocean full of grace that is never exhausted. That's the source, having been justified by grace. But we read in Romans 5.1, therefore having been justified by faith. It's, it's of grace through faith. So justified by faith is the channel, the the, the avenue so if we have a huge ocean full of God's grace the, the conduit the channel for tapping into that grace and for, for getting it ourselves that's faith that, how we tap into God's grace is through faith that's the channel so justified by faith the channel Romans 5 9 much more than having been justified by his blood. So the blood of Christ is the basis upon which we can be justified. He, the just one, gave his life for us. It's on the basis of that that grace is made available to us that we tap into by faith. And finally, in another place in uh, James, James 2.24 says that we are justified by works and not faith alone. And what he means by that is that faith is the evidence. Justified by works is the evidence of faith. So works never brings about um, justification, but it is a sure sign that justification has taken place. A good tree brings forth good fruit, in other words. It's consistent. And thirdly here, being justified comes before faith. Notice that it's important, the order here. Therefore, having been justified by faith, past, passive, participle, having been justified by faith, we now have peace with God. person has to be justified before they can have peace with God. And a lot of people in the world don't see it that way. If, if you ask a normal person, do you have peace with God? Well, you know, I let him do his own thing, and he lets me do my own thing. We don't bother each other. Ever hear someone say that? Yeah, you just think it's, it's a choice of, uh, I'm going to ignore him, and hopefully he'll ignore me until uh, maybe the day I die. And people don't realize that in our natural state, we are actually enemies of the cross and of God. So... In order to have peace with God, to really know His peace in our life and to be at peace judicially with Him, we have to have justification. Being justified comes before peace. Now also, 
Notice that peace with God is through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the prize. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God is the eternal prize that was won at Calvary. And, and now we arrive at what justification is all about. Now, now we come to what the angels were singing about when they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. This is what they were singing about. This is, this is what faith leads to. This is what the cross is all about, that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In these things, we see God's plan and his provision for us that we might have peace with him and might dwell with him eternally. The price of the prize was awesome. It was beyond all knowing. Paul says simply here that it is through our Lord Jesus Christ. He won the prize because he paid the price. But let's look at where this is amplified a little bit more by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2. Galatians and Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll start at verse 11. <clears throat> Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hand. So, there was some problem between the Jews and the non-Jews, the circumcised and the non-circumcised. And Paul is saying in verse 12 that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. If you are without God, you are also without hope. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he himself is our peace. Who has made both one and broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. That he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he who came and preached peace to you, who were afar off and those who were near. He preached peace because he would be the payment for the peace. Now turn two more books to the right, which will be Colossians chapter 1, verse uh, 19 and 20.
For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. That was the price of peace. I couldn't just decide one day, all right, I'm, I'm going to be at peace with mankind. It cost him the blood of the cross to declare peace. He sets the terms of the peace treaty. He pays the price of the peace treaty. Now back to Romans 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this uh, third and last phrase there, through our Lord Jesus Christ, becomes a persistent motif or a recurring theme over the next several chapters. We see it again and again. Uh, starting here at verse 1, through our Lord Jesus Christ, look down at verse 11 and not only that but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received the reconciliation and the next three chapters the concluding verse of each chapter contains that refrain through our Lord Jesus Christ look at chapter 5 verse 21 as so as the uh, sin reigned in death even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then at the end of uh, Romans 7, starting at verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So again and again, we see the answer is through our Lord, Jesus Christ. And all those culminate with the statement that begins in Romans 8, 1. Look at this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because of all the previous statements of what God has wrought through our Lord Jesus Christ, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in him. That's the peace that God brings. Now, back to Romans 5 again, and we'll be looking at verse 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Peace with God results in standing in grace. Verse 2 says, Through whom, through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
also we have access. Now, this word access means something like uh, safe entry. It was used a couple of different ways back in the time of of Paul and and just before that time. Uh, One of the ways that word was used was to usher someone into the presence of a king, to, to gain access to the king. And you couldn't just come before the the throne of an oriental king, uh, it could mean death to you to do that. So you had to be introduced. You had to be allowed to come in. You had to be announced. You had to have access. And the word used for this access or this introduction, that's the Greek word here, through whom we also have access. In fact, the New American Standard translates this introduction through whom we also have an, an introduction by faith. There's another way that this word was commonly used, and that is uh, it was used as a, a name of a, a safe haven or a safe harbor for ships to come and uh, put down their anchor and tie in to be safe, like in a, like in a time of storm. And it, it came to have the idea, kind of a... Uh, connotation of a safe harbor or safe haven this access is into a safe haven and really both of those senses of the word would apply here wouldn't they because we have an introduction into the grace of Christ we have we we uh, have safe entry we we're called to come before the throne of grace with boldness in fact so we have that kind of introduction. But we also find there a safe harbor in the peace that we have with him. So we have this, this uh, safe access entry through whom we also have access, and this access is by faith. Uh, we remember how Paul had said earlier, the just shall live by faith. And it's just as we enter into an eternal life relationship with God by faith. That's our part, is by faith. So we live day by day by faith. And so we have access and introduction into this grace in which we stand by faith. Still takes faith in our daily life to live out what God has set before us. We have access into grace. Now, this word, charis, grace, normally refers to um, God's act in the lives of men. It's used to denote God freely giving, without any merit on our part, some kind of a, a blessing or bestowing of his great favor. So, we call this God's unmerited favor, and we see his grace in, enacted in our lives. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Right? So that's normally how this word charis, grace, is, is taken. But here it has uh, somewhat of a different nuance. Notice that what this says here is, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. It's that preposition into that marks this as being a different uh, nuance. 
This is not just talking about the manner in which God works, but rather the sphere of grace. This is talking about the, the state of grace in which we find ourselves. This is, this is talking about the reign or the realm of grace. Uh, just as we have come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, we have uh, come out of the, the kingdom of uh, living for self and no peace and no grace and no hope in this world to living in the realm, the kingdom of grace. It's a state of being, not just an action. So we have access into this realm of grace in which we stand. Um, look at chapter 5, verse 21 as a, another example of this. <clears throat> so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the same kind of idea, the reigning, the realm of grace in which we live. So we have access by faith into this kingdom of grace in which we stand. Now, the, the idea of uh, the word stand here is to connote uh, permanence. We stand in this grace. It it is in this grace that we make our stand. And as long as we stand in God's grace, we cannot be moved. We are, in fact, immovable. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, as Paul will go on to say in Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from Him. God Himself secures us in this realm of grace, and so we are made to stand. And finally, peace with God results in rejoicing in hope. <clears throat> Through whom also we have received access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The peace of God enables us to rejoice. As uh, one person wrote about this, uh, listen, he said, peace with God does not necessarily bring peace with man. That's true, isn't it? I mean, you can be totally at peace with God, and, but it's not necessarily peace with man, mankind. The actual conditions of life, especially for believers in the midst of a hostile society, are not always easy or pleasant. But the knowledge of acceptance with God, of grace constantly supplied, and the prospect of future glory enable believers to rejoice in the face of sufferings. So, we have access into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The rejoicing is because of hope. And there is a a shift here also in the, the book of Romans and the tone of the book of Romans. In the earlier chapters, Paul had been, been dwelling quite a bit on 
on sin and the past and the, um, the dire condition of mankind. Starting here at Romans 5, 1 and 2, he shifts to looking to the future and to hope. So we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The atheist Lord Byron wrote before he died, My days are in the yellow leaf. The flowers and fruits of love are gone. The warm, the, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. The Apostle Paul wrote before he died, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day and not to me only but to all who have loved his appearing. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This, the rejoicing is because of hope and the hope is because of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That is our hope. Now, go back to Romans chapter 3. <clears throat> this will remind us of why this is so crucial. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of what? The glory of God. It's not just that we sin. It's not just that we do wrong things before God, but we fall short of the glory of God. And Paul is now saying in chapter 5, verse 2, God's going to restore that. And we now rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God has done something about the sin problem to wash away our sin, to restore glory. In fact, look at chapter 8, verse 17 and 18. And if we are children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. All of this came about because God made peace with mankind by giving his son. This is what the angel is saying. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now we're going to um, 